It's Abilas Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. Getting you through it on a Tuesday, 1033, 62 degrees out there. John Alba joins us now from WFVX and WVII Fox and ABC Bangor. We get caught up on WWE pay-per-views after they happen, but I did have to start off with some local sports. Um, did I did I read this right? Panquist Valley, uh, uh, a girl threw a perfect game in softball and a boy threw a no-hitter in baseball. Is this, is this correct, Mr. Alba? It was PVHS. It was Penobscot Valley High School. Ah. Um, Lainey McKechnie, who's just an absolute beast in everything she does, and last year pretty much single-handedly carried that team in the playoffs uh, as a freshman. Now she's a sophomore, and she pitched a perfect game yesterday in a 20, I think the score was 27 nothing uh, PVHS win. And then over, over Skank it was. And then Reese Carter threw a five-inning no-hitter in baseball 11 nothing. So yeah, not a bad day at the office for PBHF. I would I would say yes, that's no. a, I'd say that works out okay. That works out yeah. all right for for yeah. everybody. So Yeah. I did however but oh, I also saw too um the uh, the SummerSlam Heat Wave tour is coming. And it was weird. I saw it was coming on a Monday night to the Augusta Civic Center and I originally got all excited like wow. Rob at the Augusta Civic Center? That seems like it would be kind of odd. No, no, that's the SmackDown show that night. But still, it's coming yeah. on July 9th, I see. That will be that will be the SmackDown night. They actually, so WWE was in a lawsuit where it had to provide all its live events. Uh, I actually didn't see the announcements. This is the first time I'm hearing of it. Uh, but I had seen a few months back that they were planning on just coming to the Civic Center, and I was wondering if they'd be adding maybe a uh, Sunday Sunday house show or something like that, but I guess it sounds like it's just going to be that Monday house show, which will be a SmackDown house show, obviously. So uh, it will be the SmackDown crew. So, hey, look, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, not a bad lineup. No, that is not a, that's not a bad lineup at all. It's weird because I watched a bunch of those guys down at Boston University for NXT like two years ago. You know there what you I mean? Go. And now that's like... An, an, and now these guys are like man eventing WrestleMania and everything like that. All right, my first my first complaint, this Nakamura Styles thing, there is way too much there's way too much focus on the low blows here. This is the, it's kind of silly. It's like it's like the most pathetic schoolyard fight I've ever seen. You're talking about two really gifted technical wrestlers and we're literally just going to the low blow in whatever form we can. It's driving me nuts. Well, I think the main thing you can if you have a gripe that you can complain about, is that Sunday's backlash pay per view was probably one of the weakest in the last fifteen years for the company. I mean, it was it was a really bad show, and and I hate to say something like that, but it it was not a strong show, uh, booking wise, technically, just even even in a hot crowd in New Jersey, you just you, you couldn't get any momentum rolling outside of the opening match. And, yeah, if you're talking Styles and Nakamura, you know, I haven't had, I I didn't have an issue, I should say, with the low blows in the feud itself because I thought it was building Nakamura's character well and and building the insanity factor in him. But uh, what a cop-out finish in that championship (laughs) match on Sunday. And, you know, that double low blow worked great as a spot, but as a finish... Uh, not so much, and especially in an ODQ match, having that 10-second countout is just strange, and I would imagine this will lead towards the last man standing match, which I'm not sure if that's what people really want to see in this feud. So, 
bit strange, no doubt about that. I would say this was like in your house uh, in Winnipeg, 1995 level for in terms of like like that, you know, when the bulldog felt like a throwaway. Yeah. Yeah. That was it was like a bulldog diesel uh, WWE title match. You know what I mean? That was the main event. Like, I, you know, you, you had no Lesnar. I mean, there was really in what was really strange about it, John, was that they had all this build up for this big thing in Saudi Arabia about a you know what a week ago on a friday afternoon i mean that thing was talked about and planned about and then they like sneak in the regularly scheduled monthly pay-per-view behind it and it's almost like you know the, the, to me they didn't book that thing any better than they would have like a, a monday raw from san jose yeah I, I mean it was it was certainly an afterthought show no doubt about that and you know it is what it is it's uh the, the pay-per-view model no longer exists. It's all about the network. You're going to have your core set of hardcore fans, your million and a half, two million hardcore fans who are going to buy the network no matter what. And whereas, you know, 15, 20 years ago, there was a lot more pressure for you to deliver on the quality of your product. It, there isn't really competition right now. So you know that you're going to have your core fans. It's hard as is to grow your audience uh, domestically so you do things internationally like what they did with the greater greatest royal rumble and you get paid a whole bunch of money to do that well that's where the focus is going to be the uh with them combining the paper uh, the brands together again for the pay-per-views this is really going to leave a lot of people off off of pay-per-view cards and i think you're just going to see a lot of like in, in the way they book things, like there's not, they don't do it like what they used to do and, and bring in a bunch of local guys and just have the, and have the big wrestlers like squash them in 20 to 30 seconds or whatever. Like a lot of these matchups get spoiled, like on a, on a raw, like set six months prior. And then they try to rebuild it up again for a pay-per-view because they're constantly shuffling through guys and stuff like that or girls or, or however they're doing it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's almost like you get the same match over and over and over again. I, I don't I'm not quite sure where that where that fits in these things. I'm not sure why they're why they're booking them like that, but you know, that's it's it's strange. It's a strange model. You you you'd think if you if you're trying to get people on and you're trying to get people onto the network, which is fine, you're trying to get them onto the event. Well, the event itself should be something you've never seen before. And if it's something I've already seen on free TV, why do I want to pay for your network to see that match again just with some other type of different ending, but I, I can probably call out all the spots. That still doesn't make sense to me. And th to me, that I feel like that's been going on now for about five or six years, even when the roster's super deep. Like, it makes no sense to me. There's a lot of matchups that still haven't taken place yet, and they never get... It's like they never get to them. Yeah, I, it, it's... Uh, you, you can only have so many fresh matches, you know, and, and things become cyclical in wrestling. How many times did we see The Rock and Kurt Angle? You know, it's, it's just the nature of these. How many times did you see the Dudley Boys and Edge and Christian, mm -hmm. the Dudley Boys and the Hardy Boys? I mean, that's going to happen. That's, that's part of wrestling, and that's fine. You know, as, as far as what you said where wrestlers are going to get locked off the card, yeah, that's going to happen. But if you make the shows must-see, that's okay, because everyone's going to get a payday then in one way or another. And, and people are going to come out, and your live event attendance is going to be up, and... You know, be, being being live on TV every week is obviously awesome, but if you have someone on TV constantly, it also takes the shine off them a little bit. It Overexposure is not good for anyone, 
And when you have people like a Ronda Rousey, for example, who have major star potential, her being on TV every single week is dangerous. And take a look no better than last week on Monday Night Raw for her, where she was just kind of in someone's corner, didn't really do anything, and it was just like, okay, Ronda Rousey was there. <laughs> so I don't have as much I don't have as much of an issue with that per se. Talking with John Alba, talking all things uh, wrestling and pro wrestling here. WWE Backlash just wrapped up. Little SmackDown action tonight, so that'll be that'll be going. You were you were just tweeting. Uh, of course, uh, WWE's still working on a new media deal, uh, where they may be leaving NBC Universal, or they may not be. Um, you read something that Raw's going to go on primetime on Fox and uh, SmackDown possibly on FS1. That that's uh, that's kind of interesting. Well, this is this has all been speculation for some time now as to what would happen. And the reason I was talking about this morning was because UFC this morning announced a partnership with ESPN for streaming events on their ESPN Plus platform, and uh, they're going to they're going to put their fight night shows on there and put some events on there as well, in addition to people subscribing for Fight Pass. Now this. This press release is kind of vague in whether it's like a full deal or a partial deal, and it certainly leaves open the possibility that Fox could still retain some UFC rights. If Fox doesn't retain UFC rights, WWE will have two options, really. I mean, they'll have more than two options, but realistically, staying with the NBC Universal, getting a lot more money and doing what they've been doing with USA and select events on NBC, all that kind of stuff. Or you go to the Fox, avenue where you go figure Monday Night Raw would be primetime on Fox, like the same Fox that airs my newscast from 8 to 10, so Raw would probably go back to the two-hour show at that point, and then the next night, you're not going to put SmackDown on it again, because there's no way that a national network like that, primetime network, would devote two straight days to wrestling content, and you go figure that SmackDown would go on FS1, and uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting because that would mean that Fox would have to decommit from whatever programming on Monday nights it has 8 to 10 now seasonally. And consistently, week in, week out, you'd have to devote to that. And would Fox maintain its core viewership by putting Rathlin on there? Maybe, maybe not. Obviously, Raw would reap major benefits leading into 10 p.m. news on the East Coast. Uh, no doubt about that. But SmackDown could certainly get overlooked on FS1 with how disappointing of a rollout FS1 has had over the past five years. The um, uh, the ESPN UFC deal. What do, what does that mean for things? What I, I guess. What are some of the perks on that? Is this part of this ESPN Plus thing? Yeah. So UFC will stream up to 15 fight cards a year on ESPN Plus starting in January of 2019, uh, and then it will also air. Pre-game shows, post-game shows, uh, it will give access to UFC's library, news conferences, weigh-ins, and then they'll also be able to purchase UFC Fight Pass uh, like normal. So it's, it's certainly interesting. It doesn't sound like a full television rights deal per se, so I'm not sure if UFC is off the table for Fox, but... 
yeah, I mean, it, whatever happens with UFC, that domino will fall first, and then things will fall into place for WWE wherever it goes. Um, you know, if I were a betting man, I'd say that WWE ultimately re-ups with NBC Universal, but you never know. I mean, prime time on Fox is certainly appealing. His name is John Alba. He is with Fox Bangor and ABC Seven, and he's also with uh, he's also with Limitless Wrestling. Uh, big events coming up uh, with that anytime soon that we should know about. Yeah, this week, Feed the Need in Portland at the Portland Club. A really, really big show. Uh, if you're out of the loop, you can check out the Limitless Wrestling Podcast, which I co-host every single week uh, with Randy Carver, the promoter there. And uh, Feed the Need, I mean, I'm telling you, man, Josh Briggs and Teddy Hart's your main event here. Obviously, just about any wrestling fan knows Teddy Hart's story. It's had many ups and many downs, and uh, he's been in Limitless for about seven, eight months now, and he's really just been incredible. And uh, Josh Briggs is the next big man in wrestling. I mean, I have no doubt within two years he'll be signed to a WWE contract, and they're going to have one heck of a main event. There's a ton of great wrestling on this show, and uh, it it should be a real good one. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how things turn out at this one. That's at the Portland Club this Friday in Portland, Maine. Now, um, you guys just had uh, somebody that was wrestling with you recently that just got signed to a developmental deal, right? Or uh, 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 he was the uh, wasn't he the English guy or something like that? Oh well, Martin Stone, yeah, yes, Martin Stone, um, Danny Birch, also. I mean, he's been on NXT. Like he was kind of the, the last of those guys who was on that weird working deal where NXT was letting him work indies also, and and then he wasn't allowed to be at the Performance Center, but he could go uh, work NXT TV and NXT live events. Uh, but now they just signed him to a full-time contract. He reported there yesterday, as did the rest of the four horsewomen, which will be really interesting, too. Uh, so, yeah, Danny, or Martin Stone, whatever you want to call him, is a really great guy. He's a legit, legit hard striker. And uh, I imagine with WWE coming up with the new UK expansion that they're going to do, that he will certainly play some part in that, I would imagine. John Alba from Fox Bangor and ABC7. John, always great to talk to you. We will touch base next week. By the way, uh, uh, I went to the stadium this weekend. I went to Yankee Stadium and City Field. Uh, Food-wise, City Field, brisket, yes. Yankee Stadium, bacon on a stick. Yes, those are the two things I can. <laughs> you got to get the garlic fries at Yankee Stadium. Oh, I, yeah, but, uh, I've had the garlic fries at Yankee Stadium. This was this was not a weekend I was going to be uh, I was going to be eating garlic fries though. The bacon on a stick, say, however, yes, that was. You'd be killing everyone around you, but I can't wait for this series this week, man. It's, I... it, it, baseball is best when the Yankees and Red Sox are good. So, and it's way better when the Yankees are the ones winning. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how I feel about it. John, I'll talk to you I'll soon. Keep, Thanks, man. I'll keep I'll keep the unbiased sports journalist hat on. I really I really appreciate you doing that. It's really good. I don't have to do that though. So that's nice. So it's I'll just speak. I can speak for you in this situation. It's okay, okay. man. All right, I'll talk that's to you good. soon. I appreciate it. <laughs> See you, man. Thank Take you. Care. That's John Alva from Fox Bangor and ABC Seven here on the B list. <laughs>